Hello and welcome to A Serious Disc Agreement, the podcast that dares to discuss the wonderful and sensational topic of physical media amongst cinephile collectors. My name is Alexi Toliopoulos and joining me as always is my co-host, Mr. Blake Howard. How are you, my beautiful darling boy? I am so much better every time I speak to you, my friend favorite lover of discs and and to be here on this beautiful reason to catch up i'm even more excited yeah we're having a bit of a criterion catch up on the podcast today later on we're going to be discussing an excellent excellent release one of my top releases of the year that is for sure it mm. is a discussion on bill duke's Deep Cover, starring Larry Fishburne, baby. So we'll talk about that a little bit later, but let's kick things off with a bit of a Criterion catch-up because there is big news in the world of physical media this week. Criterion has announced its first little batch of 4K releases. We're talking ultra-high definition, and they've launched it with a big old bang, with a big old K. It is (laughs) Citizen Kane is amongst them, as is Menace 2, Society by the Hughes Brothers, and David Lynch's Mulholland's Drive. Which of these releases are you most excited for, Blake? Oh, look, I, I I have to confess something on here, ladies and gentlemen, on a serious disagreement. I am quite close with the terrific and wonderful Bilga Ibiri, uh, one of the film and television critics for Vulture, former leading cri- critic at The Village Voice. And so the concept of Citizen Mother Flippin' Kane on mm-hmm. ultra high definition and getting my hands on that disc and having a glorious essay by my dear friend Bilger in there about Kane. I, I know he's a Wells nut. I'm so excited. I'm just over the moon with the Kane release. And I think you and I off air were talking about this a week, couple of weeks ago about like if they did go to ultra high definition and do it with Kane, it would be such a statement because Citizen Kane is the Citizen Kane of movies. Yeah, that it is. I, <laughs> and I was just like, wow, wow. So I, I, as much as a few people have freaked out about the cover art, which I think is a great touch from uh, going to see Xanadu uh, and and the K mm-hmm. that is on the gates that is actually in the film Citizen Kane. Um, I'm just I'm just thrilled that it's that it's this release that it's that. And the only thing I was just thinking of is because Criterion of if I if there was one like thing that I'm like aching for that I wish that it had on there is just the concept that Criterion also is doing a lot of the Netflix original films as Criterion releases. Mm. And if if we could have gotten a mank thrown in there you know, the Finch's mank as part of 4K mank in there. That would be my only thing that'd be close, but you know, uh, Citizen Kane, I'm so excited for, I know you're really excited for one coming up and we'll talk a little bit more about why I'm really excited about that one too. But that was the one I was like, yeah, you know what? They did it. They did it. Agreed. And I love Citizen Kane a lot. Like I I have a deep love for Citizen Citizen Kane as most cinephiles, I would say do share that with me. Um, I have this beautiful release that I bought 10 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. One of my early Blu-rays, which is like that jigsaw one. It's got a little jigsaw on it. It's a big fat box and it comes with documentaries and that RKO um, 128 or whatever it is. RKO 128. Can't remember the name of the miniseries from HBO, but that's in there as well. 
So that sits in the middle of Blu-ray Studios, front-facing, <laughs> baby. And now I have to consider, am I going to replace it to get that 4K? Or do I just keep both? Because who knows? I love that edition. Yeah. But I also have to say, there's been some controversy about that cover art of it just being that simple K from the title card of Citizen Kane. I personally love it. I think that... While the film is a maximalist film, you know, you can't say that's a minimalist film in any way. No. Does the minimalist cover art suit it? In my opinion, yes, because I think it's very clean. And with a classic, you don't want to overstuff it and go the wrong direction with just like making it overstuffed with like how the image looks. There's something very nice about how clean that one singular K is and how much it just represents like just that first burst of what Citizen Kane is. Yeah, I, I. this is the thing I would say. There's not many films ever that mm-hmm. you could put a letter on the cover and you kind of can guess what it is. Yes, that's really... That is it, dude. <laughs> like, that is what it is. Like, it occupies a single letter in the English language and it's like if I was alphabetizing and we had to give... Yeah. If we had to designate a letter for that film, like, forever, and you're like, there's no... Mm-hmm. That, is the, that is the captain of that part of your library k for kane yeah is that's it that's it the only other two that i can think of are freaking m and pi dude and those uh very specific ones where they've already got just that one lever on lock a hundred percent a hundred percent so yeah i'm that i i wasn't part of the uh i think you and i like shared on our instagrams i just immediately went that's a yes from me like there were so Mm. many people that were like i'm like Guys, what are we talking about? Like, sometimes you can nitpick with the cover art. I know the cover art is extremely important, but at the end of the day, we know that the extremely insane curation of not only new content, but the assembly of old content that's going to go into commentary tracks, historical things, video mm-hmm. essays, additional supplements, plus both versions. If you buy the UHD, you get the Blu-ray as well. I mean, it's just, we're buying it. What's going yeah. on? What are we even talking it's about? It's going in the collection. As for me is uh, Menace to Society, the film by the Hughes oh. brothers. I love my gangster movies. Wow. That one was one that was actually one of my earliest Blu-rays. I would say really? in my first 50 or 60 Blu-rays was Menace to Society, the Australian release of it. And I can't. I never thought I'd upgrade it. And I never thought it would come to Criterion. Absolutely cannot believe that it is. I'm so excited and Blake, earlier I sent you a mock-up, some that is going around now of what the actual actual packaging looks like for that, and it is an instant buy for packaging alone. Oh, the packaging is the sexiest by far for Menace Society in this new batch. There is not none of them even come close. It looks amazing. Um, I am so excited for Menace Society because I literally the last Menace Society that I owned was on VHS. Like it's wow, a long, I have not I've not I've not upgraded. I've done some I've watched some stream copies and things like that. I I've mm. never I've never gotten it. So that's a that's a that's a a, a a smack on the wrist for me as a bad uh, hoarder of physical media to not have a copy. But I'm now like I did a backflip with this not only because does it look amazing? It's going to get all of the resplendent criterion treatment. But my friend Craig Lindsay, who um, sometimes people would know him as Uncle Crizzle on both Instagram mm-hmm. and I think Twitter, is a terrific and horrendously underrated Houston-based film critic. Um, he's been on uh, our shows uh, at One Heat Minute Productions with uh, All the President's Minutes. He's just such a lovely guy. I, I have so much time for him. 
And to be honest, he's him right. Craig Lindsay on the Hughes Brothers Menace Society essay is an instant purchase for me. Like some of my friends and, and people in the community, I'm just like, as soon as I saw his name, I'm like, that I not only um do I need to own it like pretty much everything in this batch is probably gonna get bought by me uh, it's gonna happen but I was like yeah. oh my god I I must have this oh absolutely I'm so stoked for it um and of course we've got another big classic one they couldn't not put my Holland Drive out there by David yeah. Lynch but I've got the Blu-ray I'm happy with it I might not upgrade it uh more than likely I actually I'm gonna say it I'm gonna go on a record I'm not gonna upgrade my Holland Drive. Yeah, the, and look, I I totally get, I totally feel you with that. But uh, yeah, I think I'm I'm uh, uh, I'm right now my default setting at the moment. After a little bit of time of uh, studying and not having a, a steady income, of like had to be very selective. And right now I have income again, so I'm like, these might all get a pre order for me. So I'm I I'm I'm kind of like in that bad position of like uh, not being very discerning and being like, yeah, I think I might have to just get all these and we'll just see how how we go. But uh, you know yeah. what, brother, I freaking love to hear that shit. <laughs> I love to hear it, and I will praise you for it. Look, but that thank is you. the Criterion catch up. Let's deep dive into There's deep no cover. It's gonna be. It's always the same. It's always getting worse. On these streets, one color rules. Green. It's not 10 kilos we want, we want 20. Listen, you're taking a lot away for a guy we hardly know, John. Where are you moving this stuff? He's gonna get you busted. No, he won't. On these streets, nothing's what it seems to be. Is that our bust? Yeah. Well, who is he? Listen, John here got busted, but he kept his mouth shut. On these streets, he'd be the perfect criminal if he wasn't the perfect cop. Do you ever take a look at your psychological profile? You score almost exactly like a criminal. I'm looking for somebody who will go under and stay under. What does he have to do? Buy drugs? Sell drugs? Set up the people that I want to bust? Because there's only one rule in this game, John. Don't blow your cover. Do what you want to, but don't try to sit down while I get down. Not, not coincident. There's a lot of money to be made out there, babe. The more we have, the more we can move. Business is improving. I'm almost nothing now, almost something. Oh, are you an ambitious boy? Deep cover, Bill Duke's film from 1992 was such a surprise for me. I had followed Bill Duke. Obviously, for most people, you enter the Bill Duke canon with things like Predator, with things like Commando, him as an actor, and you don't really realize that he's an incredibly trailblazing African-American film director who really plied his trade in so many of the biggest television shows. Um, On the 101st episode of One Heat Minute, Bill Duke came on to talk about, uh, to talk about, you know, the the sort of micro story that's in that about Dennis Haysbert's character, who is like just sort of this exemplar of an African-American person struggling with, you know, uh, being institutionalized by crime in the United States. And part of the reason why I got Bill on the show is because famously he actually directed a couple of episodes of Miami Vice with Michael Mann, Mm. the TV series, and had a relationship with him and was excited to talk about it. I had never seen Deep Cover. It had been a hard one to get a handle on in Oz and yeah. so I saw it for the first time um, only a couple of days ago uh, as you guys are listening to this and it literally knocked me sideways. I, I wow. Lawrence Fishburne is so spectacular in this. I couldn't believe how on point 
and pragmatic about life and existence and the quandary of either being a police officer or a criminal or like standing Mm -hmm. toe to toe on that about the micro and macro impacts of, um, you know, criminal investigation and policing and the idea that ultimately all of these uh, criminal organizations have an entanglement. It's so insanely ahead of its time. Um, And, you know, some of the stuff that we credit to things like Michael Mann, you know, turning into like contemporary lexicon in Miami Vice. I'm like watching it happen in deep cover in 92. And I'm like, Mm. holy shit, like this movie gets it. Uh, it, And it just has really wild going for it performances that are just stunning. And the filmmaking uh, texture um, that Bill Duke is going for here, this kind of very impressionistic and beautiful and very emotionally and artistically lit and insanely great, you know, wipes and transitions. I was just like the craft, the performances, the storytelling chops and the bravery. I was just like, man, we have to talk about this. It's too good not to. I, I, I'm right there with you. I had never seen this before. wasn't even really on my radar. And that's someone yeah. who I would say, I'm a Lawrence Fishburne fan. I love Larry, yeah. dude. I love the fish. <laughs> I'm a freaking pescatarian, baby. The guy rocks. <laughs> and I um, had, it just like wasn't on my radar until this release came out. And I adored that stunning cover art, that perp, dude. Mm. The purple on that purple. cover art, that Ooh. beautiful illustration. Ooh. I was Ooh. like, this looks right up my freaking alley. And... This is, to me now, top tier 90s neo-noir stuff. And it's just got this perfect poetic narration from Fishburne that you really do want and you seek when you want those noir films. You want that narration pulling you through whatever detective story it is or whatever descent they're going into. And then having it be like this just beautiful poetic language from Fishburne that feels so like you were saying expressionistic like talking about the emotions of all these things I thought it was wonderful and then the thing that really stands out to me though is something you hit on it's these amazing performances that kind of like go big and are interesting because I think the casting of this movie is absolutely fascinating like Fishburne is in the pocket he's at his all time best in this in this era Peak, me, peak fish, peak fish. Absolutely, he's like the biggest fish in the freaking pond. He's crushing <laughs> it. He's amazing. But then, like Goldblum, amazing in this film. Absolutely love Jeff Goldblum in this film as a supporting role. At his so slimiest great. best, and I'm talking about the guy <laughs> from The Fly, who's like probably the slimiest <laughs> character on film. He's slimy as hell in this. Slimy as hell. But then, like the supporting cast is so unconventional for a film like this, and that's what really stood out to me. There's an actor. That, to me, one of my guys, Sidney Lassick, who is from oh, yes, One yes. Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. He is a l- weird little character actor, oddball guy. Who Such often... great casting in this movie. Holy shit, Could, is he good I would movie. never have thought he would be playing a gangster or something like that. Because no. he is, Blake, can I tell you this? Often when I get cast in acting in something, which is very rare... Um, <laughs> I will often just do this guy. Something I realize, like I just do Sydney Lassick <laughs> in one floor of the cuckoo's nest. I like playing a low status, little nervous. Oh, oh would you? Like, and I just realized one day watching one floor of the cuckoo's nest. I'm like, fuck, that's who I'm doing. It's that guy. Oh my god! And so seeing him in this world, I was like, unbelievable, unbelievable. <laughs> I absolutely froth this movie. I think it is a must-watch, even if you can't get your hands on the Criterion. If you know money is not uh, in the way for you to go grab one of those, 
check it out online, whatever you can do, because I think this is such a freaking winner, baby. I love so, this movie so much. I, I have to just call out one more person. For, in the same vein as the Lassic uh, call out, there's a terrific actor called Clarence Williams III in this mm. film who yeah. plays a sort of a... I'm almost like an evangelical cop, like someone mm. who was on the spectrum of uh, of you know criminal, you know, you know, uh, justice in this in this sort of yeah. skewed world. And he he seems like he's like going big or going home, like just like not trying to knock home runs out with every single scene. And then as the movie, I think the movie catches up to him. And so when he hits you at the end of this movie in the sort of climactic moments, which I won't spoil, I was just like. This is amazing. Like, this is an amazing... You can totally tell that not only does Bill Duke have chops as a as a filmmaker in his technical skill, but clearly he has worked with these actors to go on a run in this movie so that they are really doing their best, 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 best work in mm-hmm. their final moments of the movie where everyone's just at 10. And you're like, yeah. wow, this is just... A special movie. I agree with Alexi. Find it in any way you can um, if you can't get it on Criterion. Look, and you know what? If you're a listener of this show and you want to really borrow it, reach out. I'll see if I'm in a good mood. I might mail it to you with a reply. <laughs> you know what? Because that's how much I want wow. someone to watch this. I'm like, if any of my friends like uh, uh, who don't have a copy of this I happen to be listening, you want to borrow it, I'll lend it to you. If there's anyone in the extended one, eight minute family, I, I'll, I will send you it. I'll send you it. I'll send wow. you my copy because that's how excited I am for other people to see it because I have already consumed every special feature. Mm-hmm. I've already consumed everything on this disc i love it it's gonna go and sit on my shelf but uh legitimately i'm i'm not joking if you reach out wow. i may send this to you because you know we're in sydney we're in a chaotic lockdown if you're in a sydney and you want to watch it i'll send it to you that's why blake is one of the best guys i would never <laughs> even fathom joking about something like that but he will actually do I it actually he's do gonna it. do it well uh, you were speaking about the special features. I've been digging into them. You've got mm. the case in front of you right now. Mine is in a box behind me somewhere <laughs> as I'm about to move. But let's go through them. There's one on there in particular that I absolutely adored that I chucked on immediately after the film ended, which is a Q&A with Elvis Mitchell, right? Yes. So there's uh, it's a 2018 seminar from the AFI after a screening of the film, and it has Lawrence Fishburne and Bill Duke there with Elvis Mitchell. Uh, it is so good, like just effortless. Yeah. You know, movie Q&As can often suck. And so Alexi and I have both done them. And your aspiration is to really just get the director talking and get mm-hmm. them to talk about what they intended and hopefully not have to interact too much with the audiences who are like, you know, uh, this is more of a statement than a question. Um, but like Elvis Mitchell talking yeah. to these guys and them having such a deep respect for him and being able to talk to that, it just is so effortless. It's like, yeah. oh, this is just perfect. It's like the rarest thing that they were lucky enough to capture one of the best film Q and A's that's ever happened. It's like <laughs> what I was thinking while I was watching it. Like oh, I was this just is like, the best. God, this is you know, there's thousands of these that happen every freaking day in this world, and they were lucky enough to roll tape on the best one that's ever happened. I know it's, it's so insightful, it's so entertaining, and it's just like at that perfect time where it's what like 20 years or more after the movie came out and they are having like great this beautiful interesting conversation around it and uh you know it's just like in so much insight and so much about the legacy of this film just becomes apparent in their discussion like you know even saying stuff like carlito's way must have been inspired by it 
Really, oh, really like f- for, wonderful. Yeah, so great. And look, and also I'm such a Bill Duke fan. There is a terrific one-to-one conversation with Bill Duke that's a new interview for this release. And obviously it's done in lockdown. So you see, you know, across all of the different labels that we're covering, I just want to say that whoever's producing this stuff and like having to send remote camera gear to different filmmakers and stuff, you are doing God's work. Like you're doing the work for us cinephiles at home because we know how hard productions of things like this are doing and, and, and just to be able to get anything and to capture this with, you know, just for the for the record, right? For the historical record, it's so important. Mm. And just to hear him talk about it and reflect on it in his... I actually think that the isolation in Bill Duke, because he's such a poetic and softly spoken man, and hearing yeah. him have the time to speak slowly and not be rushed about his recollections and thoughts and feelings about everything about it. It's just such a lovely conversation. And and so I, I relished that the most. Elvis Mitchell, I was like, I just couldn't believe that that was a film Q&A because it was so natural. <laughs> it felt like a yeah. podcast, right? Like it felt like the, one yeah. of the best podcasts where there was no one else in the room. And to actually have that like cut through the intimacy kind of podcast conversation that you would normally have in a face-to-face setting in an audience after a screening of the film, I just thought was miraculous. And so, yeah, yeah. I agree for, for for not only the film, but then those two things just straight off the bat, it's like, wow. And, you know, neo-noir is so deeply my shit as it is yours. Mm. Um, so, you know, this this being in the Pantheon and Criterion really like stamping their feet going, this, this is one of those ones where I'm like, that's what I want Criterion to be. I want them to lift up. Uh, minority filmmakers who make really powerful stuff that maybe didn't get credit where it's due, but now deserve this treatment. And uh, that's what you you love to see it. Yeah. Couldn't have put it better myself. This is uh, absolute, like, Blake, it's cracked my top releases for the year. And it's a total surprise out of nowhere. And I think that's what is so cool about it. And like, what is so cool about the direction Criterion is now heading in? Yes. It's more exciting to me than it's ever been. I am finding myself putting in my cart so many <laughs> of the new releases, just waiting to buy them. Um, yeah, I mean, why are they doing it to me? They should start putting worse <laughs> movies out that I'm not interested in. Please stop putting out all the movies that I want by all the filmmakers I like. Criterion, uh, it's really hurting my wallet. But no, yeah, I agree. In my top releases of the year, we've talked about so many physical media releases this year and easily this is one of the most memorable for me. And so um, this is why we were so emphatic, both of us, and so keen to, to chat to you guys about it because it's just really... And, you know, the transfer is immaculate as well. Mm. I just want to say that the transfer is immaculate... Oh. But yeah, and and the color is immaculate. And I watched yep. it in my like my cave like dark office um, last night on Blu-ray, and I was just like, oh, what a what a treat! Great movie to watch in the dark on a, on a nice beautiful screen. Um, that it's just yeah, sensational. Yeah, absolutely. Blake, it's always a pleasure to talk to you about physical media on this podcast. It's one of the highlights of basically every week these <laughs> days. Hey, it's been yeah, awesome. We, we we are we are. We are anything, but uh, we're, we're not joking. We're not playing anymore, folks. We are serious on a serious disagreement about talking to you about physical media. And especially while we're locked at home, there is something so beautiful about those physical uh, discs that you can get to your house and watch them and unpack them and have the time to do it. And so they are the little lights in my week, just like you, the lights of your eyes, Alexi oh. Tolliopoulos, are the light of my week talking about physical media and discs with you. 
Well, Blake, we're going to plug some stuff at the end of the episode, but there's something that I feel like you might forget to plug that I reckon I'll plug for you. Oh. But if you're a Letterboxd user, One Heat Minute Productions now has a Letterboxd HQ profile. So oh Blake's going to be putting up some of his old reviews and stuff on there. <laughs> uh, Blake's one of my favorite film critics ever, and his writing is so superb. So oh, thank I'm you, mate. So I'm putting the pressure on by putting on the record that he's putting his old reviews up. Yeah, some, some, definitely some old reviews are definitely going to go up there. What we are going to do also is have a serious disagreement list there. So every film we've covered on a serious disagreement, including every single film that Alexi and I have collectively covered on Imprint Companion. So we'll have both of those there. So at any time, if you're on Letterboxd, please hit us up, follow us, follow each of us individually and interact with us anytime. Um, we'd love to see it. We'll give you a follow back um, if you give us a comment. And absolutely, we'd just love to check out what you guys are watching too. And we'll make those lists so you're there. But thank you for shouting that out, sir. Where can people find you now that you've done the promo for me? Well, you can check me out on podcasting, on the podcast apps <laughs> around your nation. Look them up on your phone. Type my name in and you'll find Total Reboot, the movie podcast I do weekly with Cameron James. And perhaps you'll even find another podcast that I've done in the past as a guest somewhere and ones that I've hosted. There's a lot of them out there. So, you There's know, a lot. Have a, that's the first time I've ever plugged. Like, you know, just look me up for the podcast app look and him find up. some shit. Very soon, you're also going to see Alexi come on to Zodiac Chronicle in one of the mm-hmm. final episodes of the series. He will be there in the basement with Charles Fleischer. Get excited. That's where you can look up Alexa Teleopolis too. Guys, thanks for listening. This has been awesome. Dude, this is a great Criterion catch-up. We should do it more often if there's ever any great releases. Um, We'll catch you guys very soon. Hi, this is Blake Howard, host and producer of One Heat Minute Productions podcast. We dive into the great and underappreciated cinematic works, often one minute or one scene at a time. Our crew of guests are some of the most wonderful filmmakers, writers, authors, and critics ever assembled. Our shows include One Heat Minute, Josie and the Podcats, All the President's Minutes, Increment Vice, and right now, Zodiac Chronicle. Check out oneheatminute.com or find us wherever you get your podcasts. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.